credit to me, but credit to my mom. She's uh, been keeping in contact with her, and and um, they've got they started developing a relationship. She told me a little bit about her ministry, so I said, yeah, let's let's have her come in and, and bring the word. And she's going to do some some ministry time at the end. And so y'all be ready for a life changing transformation. And and she's also got a, a book over there called The Prodigal Daughter that you can go um, buy after she speaks tonight to help support her ministry. And so I'm excited to read the book myself. I haven't read it. Miss Robin Garner read it in like half a day and wrote took like. 12 pages of notes and so if you got questions ask her and Robin you can go over by the sales table afterwards and sell a bunch of books for yeah, Miss Amy and 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 get it ready and so Miss Amy I'm not going to take up your time bring it for us all right thank you thank you I think I'll turn this this way um I'll really briefly um tell you a little bit about me um I'm from this area I'm actually from the Quitman Texas area yay I'm a local come on I'm a local yeah so um, I now live in Tyler. That's where my ministry is based. I was saved and born again in 1998 out of a, a lot of bondage. Uh, if you read my book, you'll see it. But I came out of drug addiction, sexual immorality, just the pit of hell. But God came to me. He came to me in a low place where I didn't even know how to cry out. But he came to me, and in that that time of where he came to me, I cried out. And all I, all I said is, God, if you will deliver me from this addiction, from, I mean, I was actually really high at the moment. I said, if you'll deliver me and, and I'll come off this thing, I'll give my life to you. Next thing you know, I began to sing a song that I'd learned when I was five. So parents, what you sow in your kids, it's, it's sown by the Lord and the Lord will draw it back to their remembrance when they need it. But at five years old, I began to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And as I began to sing that, I got born again. Praise God. So, yay, Jesus. So from 1998 into where I am today, I, came, I've been at, I went to Denmark for about three years doing uh, ministry work. And when I came back, God began to put a hunger in my heart to see miracle healings. It seemed like every morning when I would get alone with Jesus in my journal, every prayer that was written was written, Lord, you're going to do miracles through me. The lame are going to walk through me. The blind are going to see. Where that was coming from, no one ever taught me that. But it was the Holy Spirit. So if you want to learn to walk in the fullness of your authority in Christ, just open this word and get alone with Holy Spirit and he'll teach you. So as I began to seek that, God began to um, teach me what I'm going to share with you tonight. And as I began, so there was a teaching time, and then God said, okay, you've got it. Now I need you to act on it, because what good does it do if we have knowledge and it's not any action? It doesn't help anyone. So I began to act on it, and I was in a church service. I was in a really large church, maybe three times the size, and, and I saw a girl that I had never seen before, and she was on crutches. And during worship, I'm worshiping, and I open my eyes for a second, and I see her, and I said, oh, you want me to go pray for her, don't you? And, uh, and so I did, and I prayed for her after service. She, she had um, just messed up her ankle. It was in one of those little boot things, and she was on crutches. And I just prayed a simple prayer. How many know the Holy Spirit will teach you how to pray? So the Holy Spirit taught me how to pray healing and command the healing of Jesus. I did that very simple prayer, probably maybe 10 words, 
And the anointing of the Holy Spirit touched her, and she was radically healed right there in front of her family and everyone. Yeah, praise God. So tonight I want to share just, I want to share with you what God has taught me. And I want not only to impart faith in your hearts to receive your own personal healing and whatever, whatever that may be, physically, mentally, or financially, whatever that situation is, the Holy Spirit wants to come in that place and bring healing. So I'm going to share a little bit of what he shared with me. So I'm a Bible girl. I, I love to minister healing. My favorite thing is to be on the streets. I love to be out with unbelievers and believers alike and just reveal to them how much Daddy loves them through a miracle healing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read um, some scripture. So if you guys have a Bible, um, follow with me. It's in, I'm going to start in Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says, it says uh, Jesus returned from Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And the news about him spread throughout all the surrounding districts, and it began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom. And he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he, took, and he uh, stood up and read, and the book of Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where he was written. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendants, and he sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So when we read this passage of Jesus going into the synagogue, he preached one message. This is the message he preached everywhere he went. And it's really awesome because I want to flip over because here he's telling them that today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Now we have to really understand the prophecy of Isaiah to understand what that meant to them in their hearing. So turn with me real quick over to Isaiah 61, or I believe it's, let me get here, I believe it's 60. No, I've got a place right here. 61. There you go. Thank you. Got a bunch of marks here. And let's see what this meant to them. Because it only, we're not only going to see what it means to them, but we're going to see what it means to us. Because there was a prophecy of the Messiah coming, and he was going to do something. He was going to change everything. So he shows up and says, I am here. Isaiah 61, I'll start in verse 1. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to, and to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners and to proclaim a favorable year of the Lord. Now notice he did not proceed 
when he said this is fulfilled. Because the day of vengeance of our God, that is Jesus fulfilling that. That's what he would do at the cross. So let's keep reading. It says, to comfort all who mourn and to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them garland instead of ashes and the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. And so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Check this out. I don't know if when I, the Lord started showing me all this, I thought, you know, a lot of times we read about the miracles of Jesus in the New Testament, but we never stop to think, what, what were they seeing in Jesus? Everywhere Jesus went, he prophesied, I am here, and I'm here to set you free. I'm here to release you from your captivity. Acts 10.38, it says how Jesus Christ of Nazareth how he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and went about doing good, healing all oppressed of the devil. So when Jesus stands up in the synagogue, what is he saying? I am here to set you free. That's what he proclaimed. He was proclaiming that salvation has showed up. And salvation is more than your sins forgiven. Salvation is deliverance and wholeness. It is actually freedom from the tyranny of the enemy. It is total freedom. It is freedom from poverty. It's freedom from stress. It's freedom from fear. And every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. So this is what Jesus was proclaiming, right? It's awesome. So flip over with me to Mark chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 21. It says, When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, And so he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up, and on seeing him, he fell at his feet. And employing him earnestly, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please, come lay your hand on her so that she will uh, get well. And he went off with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Why did he say, come and lay your hand on her and she will get healed? What made him make that statement of faith? Didn't Jesus just prophesy in the synagogue that I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit and I've come to bring freedom? So he hears that. So he begins to say, Why don't you just come and, if you're anointed, you come lay your hands on her, she's going to get well. Which means he had heard the message, and faith had come, and he believed it. So, faith always propels you to action. You don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Luke 4.14, I just want to key in on this laying on of hands, because there are many different ways that people reached out for Jesus for healing. Luke 4.40 says, While the sun was setting, all those who 
who were very sick with various diseases, brought them to him, and laying his hand on each one of them, he was healing them. Luke 13, 10 through 13, it says, He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Teaching what? This message. And there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by spirit. How many know that sickness and disease is an oppression of Satan? Why do we believe that? Because the Word says that. And she was bent double. You've seen people who are bent like this, they can't, and their backs, it's a spirit oppressing them. And she wasn't able to stand up at all. But when Jesus saw her, I just got to stop there. When Jesus saw her, he took notice of her. He saw her, and I just can see the compassion of my Savior, just the eyes of love catching her. And he's like, oh, I'm going to bring freedom. <laughs> this is, I'm here, and I'm going to free her. Woo. And he called her over and said to her, woman, you are free from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight again and began to glorify God. That's my Jesus. Mark 7.32 says, They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty. And they employed him to come lay his hand on him. And Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his fingers in his ears. And after spitting, he touched the tongue with the saliva. And he looked up to heaven with a deep sigh. And he said, Be open. And his ears were open. And the impediment of his tongue was was removed, and he began to speak clearly. There's so I could just keep going, going, but I'll, I'll skip that. I'll keep moving forward. So let's keep reading in Mark chapter five, because Jairus gets Jairus gets interrupted. <laughs> Jesus begins to follow him, but Jesus gets interrupted. Let's see what happened. Verse twenty-five says a woman who had a hemorrhage for twelve years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all. How many of you have a situation that you've sought help, but it didn't help you? You can bear witness with her. But rather grew worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. Now that touching is, he, he wore a tallit, which is a, was on his prayer shawl, and, and she knew that represent who he was. It represented the anointing, and she had, she had heard about him. She's, I got to get my hands on this tallit. If I can just touch the anointing, I'm going to be set free. It says, immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power proceeded from him, had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garment? And his disciples said to him, You see a crowd pressing on you, and you say, Who touched me? Like, really, Jesus? There's like a mob of people, and you're going, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. Again, you got to stop there. You see the loving eyes of Jesus? He sees her 
eye contact. I mean, I can just want to replay the motion in slow motion, you know, just when his eyes hit her because she, she knew that she was healed. But the woman, fearing and trembling, she was in awe, aware of what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She explained everything to him. And while he was still, uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now that word peace, it's interesting. That word peace actually means wholeness, which is where we get the word zozo. It means now you're free from the enemy, from that tyrant that has stole your, your finances that have wrecked your life. Now God is restoring everything. And while he was speaking, there came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? You know, Jairus was probably pretty patient as this woman is telling him the whole story, right? He's thinking, come on, my daughters, come on. Come on. We're, I mean, we don't know how long the delay was. Hours? We don't know. The commotion. So they show up and tell Jairus, okay, hope's all lost. You can, you know, let's start making other plans. But Jesus, overhearing what was spoken, said to the official, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. What is he supposed to believe? What did he say to Jesus? If you come and lay your hand on my daughter, she's going to live. Did he say, come lay your hand on my daughter and she's going to be, is it that she's only going to be cured of the disease? I mean, was it limited? No, he said she's just going to live. She's going to be whole, right? How many know there's no difference to the kingdom of God of healing a sickness and raising the dead? Same anointing, same power, same Holy Ghost who does it all. So Jesus looks at him and says, only believe. Only believe your confession, Jairus, why you came to me to begin with. Only believe who I am. I am the Messiah. I have come. And he allowed no one to accompany him except for Peter, James, and John, and the brother James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion of people loudly weeping and welling. Can you imagine? He hasn't gotten there yet, but they have already called for the mourners. So now he shows up, and everybody's got black on. And back then, they would throw, you know, they'd pick up and throw dirt on themselves, you know. And they would, you know... Really weird, you know. They still do that over, over in other countries. It's, it's really odd. But that's what he walked into. So you imagine, Jesus just told him, only believe. But when he shows up at the house, he sees all of this going on. Can you imagine his emotions? Can you imagine what he's feeling? But Jesus says, hey, hang on. Only believe. So he had to overlook all of that. I love Jesus right here. 
And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead. She's asleep. How many know that we never die again? Once we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, that's the only death you'll ever experience. So you just, they're just asleep. They're, they're very much alive. And they began to laugh at him. But putting them all out. We have to put unbelief out of our house. And those who don't quite get that we stand in faith and choose to trust God, when you're standing in faith, you really need to grab someone who will agree with you in faith. Because that unbelieving spirit, it is a spirit of darkness, and it comes in to steal your inheritance. And if you don't resist him, you have to resist him, and he'll flee from you. But taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, and she was 12 years old. And, and immediately, they were com- completely astonished. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this dad? He got what he asked the Lord for. God's faithful no matter the delay. If we stay in faith, God is faithful to do what he said he'll do. So let me just briefly touch on a story because I, need, I want to convince you through the word of God that it is God's will for you to be healed and sound and whole. Can we do that for a minute? Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. It's hard to be in faith if we struggle inside and we're not convinced that it's God's will for us to walk in freedom in every area of our life. That prayer, if it be thy will, erase. Throw it out. We must know the will of God is seen at the cross. Notice he's not there. He's resurrected. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and employed him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He knew he could do it. Why? Don't you think he heard all the testimonies? I mean, can you imagine? The city's exploding. I mean, everywhere he went, he healed them all, guys. Do you understand? Every single person that came to him was healed. He turned no one away. No one. So he was convinced that Jesus could do it. He just wasn't quite sure he'd do it for him. So Jesus had to settle that. He had to reveal the will of the Father for all men. And he does that right here. 
Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he, Jesus, stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Good stuff. Well, now that we've set a base where you understand that I just wanted to stir your faith that God heals. Jesus reveals that. He was prophesying in Isaiah that he would come and establish something. And we see through his ministry that he did that. Real quick, let me let, me let you see one more scripture. Go over to uh, Matthew. Let me find it for you. Hang on one second. I want you to see this because it builds faith. That way you can take it home. Uh, Matthew 8, chapter 16 and 17. 16, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with the word. Let me just stop. i got to camp on this for a second. When we understand that Jesus and the power of the Spirit lives in us, it's not a, it's not a, we're not warring to get rid of the devil. We're not spending hours trying to set someone, seeing someone get free. Jesus said a word. What is that word? Go. Go. We must believe in the one who lives in us and put confidence in him we don't put any confidence in us, in the flesh. But he cast out the spirit with the word, and he healed all who were ill. Verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Do you understand? He shows up in the, in the synagogue and he says, I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And they knew what that meant because they read Isaiah. They know, okay, when, when he comes, the blind are going to see, the deaf are going to hear. They're, it, restoration, wholeness. They understood that. Well, Jesus begins to walk in that fulfillment. And here in Matthew, it says that he healed them all to fulfill what was prophesied through Isaiah. Right? So if he fulfilled in his earthly ministry what was prophesied through Isaiah, where are we at today? At the cross, he took our infirmities. Right? And carried away our diseases. It's been put away. He bore it all. Isaiah 53 lays that real clear. He took it all, and he is resurrected. He was demonstrating in his earthly ministry the fulfillment of the cross and what he would do. That's why today we can fully expect to enjoy and partake of wholeness, healing in every area of our life, and absolutely expect nothing less because it is your right as a child of God. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is your inheritance. First Peter 2.24 says, 
who his own self bore our sin in his body on the tree, that we would die to sin and live unto righteousness, for by whose stripes ye were healed. So healing was a gift given 2,000 years ago. Can we agree with that? Can we agree that Jesus is not going to take any more stripes? So how do we partake of that today? How do we take what Jesus did and actually begin to live it out in our everyday life We simply do that by embracing the grace of God and acknowledging what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians 1.3 says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. When did God bless you with every spiritual blessing? When did God choose you? Before the foundation of the world. Do you know right now that each one of you in your spirit man right now, you're healed? You might say, well, I don't feel very healed. I got pain right here and got this issue and this thing's attacked my body. You are the healed. The moment you begin to partake of that truth through the Word of God, open the Word and begin to read the Scriptures, you begin to take that in and the Holy Spirit begins to bear witness with that in your spirit. The power of God that resides on the inside of you will begin to flow into your natural body and it will tell your body, hey, we're healed. It will actually evict the sickness, evict the pain, because it belongs to you. Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of our faith becomes effective. How many, wants, how many people want effective faith? I mean, I do. This is how it becomes effective. By acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ. You have to begin to see yourself in Jesus. When you begin to partake that you're seated with him in heavenly places, then your faith becomes effective. We have to see ourselves with Christ Jesus. Righteous. I don't feel very righteous. You know, I just did that last night. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're not righteous based on what you do, but you're, you're righteous based on what he has done for you. So we, I hear a lot of amens on that. So we believe that. So just in that same truth that you believe you're righteous by faith, you are healed. Can anyone convince you, convince you you're not born again? You'd say, oh, no, I know I'm born again. I can tell you when I got born again. And you've got that in your heart. and you, You're just like, man, whatever, I'm born again. I know I'm born again. I mean, you'll just, just stay in your ground on that. Why? Because you have heard the message of salvation over and over and over 
and over and over again. You need to begin to hear the message that you're healed. And as you begin to take that truth into your heart and begin to go, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm blessed, I'm wealthy, I'm Abraham's seed, I'm wealthy. You begin to partake on the truth, your life will begin to follow suit. Because the Bible says that we reign in life as kings through the abundance of his grace and the gift of righteousness. Everything, we are able to partake of life, of the wholeness of our inheritance as we acknowledge what Jesus did for us, it's already done, and we begin to see ourselves seated with him in heavenly places. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Every one of us in here have the measure of faith when we were born again. Romans 12, 3. You have the measure of faith, the same faith I have. Why is it that one person can walk in a gift greater than another if we all got the same faith because one chooses to hear and to believe and the other one doesn't if you'll begin to feed your faith on the truth of who you are and your inheritance in Christ Jesus your life will begin to look like the one that you go wow they're awesome they got this great anointing so do you it, I always tell people, they, uh, if somebody comes up to me, it's funny, you get so many reactions. If somebody comes up to me and goes, ooh, I wanna, you're anointed, I'm like, rub your belly. You know, it's like, you've got the same anointing I have. The only thing is that you just, I spend time in the Word. I spend time with, with Holy Spirit, hearing. It's good to hear Daddy tell you he loves you. So Romans 10, 13 says, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved again means zozo. It's the whole package. My friend Debbie says, it's the whole pie. And I said, you know, the sad thing is that a lot of Christians, because they just don't have knowledge of the truth, they've never been taught, that they're only partaking of just a little bit of what Jesus paid for. Jesus has given you the whole pie, and you're cutting a little sliver. Decide to sit down with the whole pie with your fork and say, this is mine, all of it's mine. I'm, I'm, I'm taking possession of it. <laughs> Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but under grace. Let me... Let me highlight something for you. Sin is a noun. We learned this in English class. In a noun, a person, place, or thing. Satan, the kingdom of darkness, shall no longer be your master. Colossians 1.13 says, He has translated you out of his kingdom, and he's put you in the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. For Satan, for sickness, for disease, for pain, for poverty, shall no longer be your master. No longer are you under it. No longer are you a slave to it anymore. Why? 
Because you're, not, you're no longer under the law. You, are not, you do not have a relationship with your father based on what you do. If you do, James 2.20 says if you do, then you're under that system. If you have been relating to God based on your performance, come out. Choose tonight to take that. Somebody put a false garment on you. You've got a beautiful garment on. It's called a robe of righteousness. And believe this word right here. You are free. You are free. You're now under the law of grace. That's God's undeserved merit, favor towards you. It means you can't deserve it. Well, I don't deserve to be healed. It's called grace. That set me free. When God showed me that, that set me free. Because, you know, we read it always as an act. You know, sin act. But it's a noun. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith. We receive everything in the kingdom by grace. It comes to us by grace. But the only way you're going to partake of any of it is through faith. It's right there. Let me give you an analogy. I love this one. We all have a sink in our home, don't we? Kitchen sink. At any time, you can get water. There's a, there's a flow of water resource always flowing into your house. At any time, you can... Just turn the faucet and get you, get you a glass of water. What happens if I take my glass and I put it under the faucet and I begin to go, God, you said that I could get some water. God, please, Lord, I'm begging, please give me some water. Hello? Got to turn the faucet. Grace, I mean, you've got to have faith. Just turn on the faucet. You get all you want. There is a flow of grace flowing in your life of everything, healing, wholeness. I, lo I love to preach healing because the body of Christ is sick. And they need to be made whole, and it's because they just don't know. The Bible says that people perish for a lack of knowledge. And most of the body of Christ, they don't understand that sickness and disease was really dealt with and put away at the cross. And so they tolerate Satan. They tolerate his tyranny against them. And we don't have to. I love to preach on authority. Because you have authority through the name of Jesus to put him in his place. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God. You can't earn it. You can't deserve his blessings. I'm sure I'm not the only one that had a hard time understanding that and getting it. When we go to God about anything, he, comes, he says come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace that there you will find mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Every single person that Jesus healed was mercy. 
Son of David, have mercy on us. They were all sinners. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. How much more? How much more today? Now that he has put it all away, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. I'm standing in front of a lot of free people. You just need to begin to believe in the freedom that he gave you. And as you begin to believe it and partake of it, you will experience it in every area of your life. Because your faith becomes effective as you acknowledge every good thing in you. Healing is in you. It's in your born-again spirit. You're as healed as you're ever going to be. You're blessed as you're ever going to be. We are a spirit, right? We have a soul, and we live in a physical body. But the you that said yes to Jesus, that received a new man, it is in your spirit man. And in your spirit man, you're whole. Let me go a little further. You look just like Jesus. Want me to show you? I want to show you. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 17. Because when you look at the word, it builds faith. You need to see that you look just like Jesus, regardless if you feel like it or not. Because remember, you look like Jesus not because you're perfect in the flesh, but because you said, yes, Jesus, come into your heart. I believe on you. You received him. You received his righteousness. Now, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life to transform you As you renew your mind, you will begin to go, oh, that's how I look. The scripture says, as you behold in a mirror, which is the word of God, you're transformed into that very same image. If you don't behold the word of God, you'll never see yourself. You'll look in the real mirror and you'll go, ah. You'll look in your bank account and go, ah. You'll look at your body and go, man, this is awful. Right? Why not look in the word and go, Wow, I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm fearfully and beautifully made. Wow, I'm wealthy. Woo, this is nice. This is what you look like. Don't let the world tell you and put a label on you. Don't let your bank account tell you what you can and can't do. Let the word of God validate you. So real quick, let me just tell you, I want you to see this. 1 John 4, 17, it says, By this, well, let's go back. Let's go to 16. We have come to know and believed. So they know something, know is to experience it. It's intimacy, but they also believe it. So we've come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. And by this, love is perfected in us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. This world. 
There's no fear of judgment. You were judged at the cross. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? That's how we can wake up every day and go, love the scripture. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Right? I could just talk for a long time, but I won't. <laughs> so much. They have to invite me back because I got so much I could share with you guys. I, my heart is I want the body of Christ to understand who they are. I want you to understand what you have so that you stop going to, to daddy and begging him and you stop going to him and blaming him that he didn't do something for you. Because he has done everything he's going to do. He sent his son. And Jesus' sacrifice was perfect. It's perfect. And you're perfect. Because you are seated with him in heavenly places. Far above everything that would try to destroy your life. You're above it. If you'll begin to see yourself above it, you begin to tread on it, and take your place as his child, and know and choose to believe the love that he has for you, God so loved you that he sent Jesus. I hope tonight I imparted a spark to begin to look in the Word for yourself. Jesus opened the book of Isaiah. He found himself. Will you open the Word and find yourself? Every day you get along with God. You open the Word. Holy Spirit, unveiled to me Jesus because if I can see him I see myself and in that changes everything faith effortlessly comes when you see your king because you see love love never fails right it's never failed it never will fail we just need to know it and choose to believe in that love. Yeah. And so, Father, I just thank you for this word tonight, God. I thank you that you are perfecting in our hearts. Lord, I thank you that as, even as I ministered the word tonight, Lord, I thank you. I believe hearts are being changed, eyes are open, and a hunger is being sparked in the heart. to open your word, the word which you're speaking to us, a letter to us, to reveal to us how much you love us. And Lord, I pray every person at the sound of my voice that as they begin to open their word, they'll see Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would unveil Jesus to every person and they will begin to see themselves holy, blameless, 
without reproach, healed, prosperous, whole, free. Freedom, Lord. Let them see themselves free in the name of Jesus.